Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, my name is Crystal, and I'll tell you my story. The story of a girl who literally rolls in gold. I was born into a very rich family. My parents own a world-famous chocolate factory. In fact, it was founded by my great-grandfather, so I already know what I will be in the future. To be honest, it's a little boring. By the way, my mom and dad always knew their future as well, since both their career and marriage were predetermined. My grandparents agreed to marry off their children when they were teenagers. Fortunately, they subsequently fell in love with each other, otherwise they would have to suffer all their lives. In general, my parents have a lot in common, and I'm not even surprised at this. After all, they grew up together, and their families have always been close. For example, both of them adore caramel ice cream, rainy weather, yellow clothes, and gold. The latter is their passion, and it seems that they would cover me in gold if they could. You know, my parents have always seemed strange to me. Rather, I've just seen that they are not like the parents of other children. For example, if at one o'clock in the morning they decide to ride horses, they won't calm down and fall asleep until they go to the stable and saddle up a dashing horse. Or if one of them wants, for example, dust from Mars, there is no doubt they'll get it in the shortest possible time. In a word, my parents seem to be obsessed with their ideas and desires. Even before they got married, they had an agreement that after the wedding, their house would be completely covered in gold. In fact, they've been dreaming of a golden house since they were kids, but their parents considered it to be complete nonsense. So it had been just a dream until they flew the nest. Indeed, when they got married and moved to their own house, first of all, they started covering everything in gold. However, my mother got pregnant, and they had to put this process on hold till better days because there were high risks that I would die inside the womb. So my mother had to lie down all the time, and my father was catering to her whims for nine months. And even when I was born, I was discharged from the hospital wrapped up in a gold blanket and with a golden pacifier in my mouth. And my first toys were golden rattles, custom-made for my parents. Shortly after I was born, my parents decided to finish what they started, and finally their dream came true. They started full repair complete replacement of furniture, appliances, and everything else. As a result, we began to live in a golden house in seven months. We had golden ceilings, a golden chandelier, golden wallpapers, golden floors, golden furniture, golden windows, golden bathtubs and toilets. It's scary to even imagine how much the fulfillment of their dream cost. Since I don't remember living in other conditions, such an interior has always seemed to be normal. I mean, I knew that my grandparents and other relatives had houses that were very different from ours, but at that time I took it for granted. And afterwards, when I was about five years old, some relatives on my father's side came to visit us with their daughter. 
She asked me what was wrong with our house and why it was so strange. I rushed to defend my house and said that it was fine and she was strange. And in general, dolls like hers had long been out of fashion. However, I started doubting it all deep inside. Perhaps something was really wrong with our house. Why were all our relatives' and friends' houses so different from ours? And then I started going to school, and our golden den became the cause of my pain and pride. Because the class was divided into two camps. Some classmates made fun of my house, while others admired it. However, when I went to high school, all my classmates had already forgotten about my house, and I liked it. Well, I couldn't make excuses for the wealth and taste of my parents all my life. Once, at one of the lessons, we were studying ancient Greek mythology. And when it came to the Phrygian King Midas, I noticed that a new girl, Linda, was very impressed with his ability to turn everything he touched into gold. She seemed so funny, asking the teacher a lot of questions concerning the topic. In the end, he even told her to prepare a report about Midas at home. I decided to play a little trick on Linda, either out of boredom or out of interest. After classes, I told her that King Midas still existed, and I could even show how he made my house golden if she wanted. Linda laughed and said that he was a mythical hero and only a part of the fiction of the ancient Greeks. Did you say fiction? Let's go to my house right now. I'll prove that he exists, I said. An enchanted Linda followed me. On the way, she asked me some questions, but I was in no hurry to answer them. I really wanted to impress my classmate, and that's why I tried to leave the secret untold. When we were at my house, I realized that my plans were changing a little and getting a different, tangier side, because my grandfather's car was in the parking lot. Oh, I was so lucky. Now I'll tell Linda that this is Midas himself. She will certainly be shocked. Well... If only I knew she would be literally shocked in this case. On the whole, Linda was very surprised, even by the way our house looked, because it was all gilded, even on the outside. But when we went inside, her lower jaw dropped to her knees, because she definitely was not ready for that. I bet she had never seen so much gold in her entire life. And then my grandfather came out. He was a bald old man with a beard and a loud, deep voice. I don't remember what he said, but I remember how I whispered in Linda's ear that he was Midas, and now he would touch her and turn her into gold, like everything in our house. As soon as I said that, the poor girl screamed in horror and ran away, but not to the exit. She ran to the toilet, apparently having lost orientation in space. I think that at that moment, one of my parents was there, so she hit into the door with her forehead so hard that she was thrown away right to the exit. She kept on screeching and screaming. Then she ran out into the yard, jumped over the fence, and disappeared from sight. My shocked grandfather froze and looked at me in surprise. Then he asked me to explain what it all meant. I was afraid that I would be punished for my prank. So I lied to my grandfather that my classmate simply thought that no one was home and didn't expect to see him. It seemed to be a satisfying explanation, and I thought that my grandfather and my parents believed me. 
Then I sent a message to Linda, asked if she was okay, but there was no answer. Well, she took offense. It happened. I thought that I would explain everything later and apologize. It wasn't the case, because in the evening the police came to our house. It turned out that when Linda hit the door with her forehead, she had a concussion, and she began to stutter because she was so frightened. I was so ashamed. I didn't even think that my harmless joke, as it seemed to me, could lead to such consequences. Fortunately, Linda quickly got better. I asked her for forgiveness, and my parents paid considerable compensation to their family. You know, this was the first time in my life when I faced the fact that I had to be responsible for my actions. I would even call it a turning point, because it was the first time I considered the question, what is the use of gold in general? Why did my parents turn our house into a golden crypt? Linda hit the golden door, cut her forehead, and got a concussion. It turns out that gold, like concrete or metal, can hurt and even kill. And why did my parents spend a lot of money on all this stuff? Luxury, you say? Beauty? But all this stuff doesn't bring beauty, or intelligence, or success, not to mention health, longevity, and happiness. After that, my golden cage became disgusting to me. I listened to myself and realized that the color of gold annoyed me in general. But it surrounds me everywhere. I open my eyes in the morning and see a golden ceiling in front of me. Then I go to a golden shower, have breakfast at a golden table, and eat from golden plates. Then I sit in my father's golden car and go to school. And in the evening, I return to my golden den and fall asleep, looking at the same golden ceiling. I remembered how good I felt when I visited my grandparents. At home, I was always anxious. What is the reason for such contrast? Could it be that their interior is made in soothing colors? And what about my earrings, necklaces, and bracelets presented by my parents? I realized that my reflection in the mirror looks worse when I wear this stuff. Indeed, this is the house of my parents, and they have the right to equip it to their liking. But why didn't they think about how their guests and their child, that's me, would feel? Was it really necessary to go to such an extreme and cover absolutely everything in gold? It turns out that they doomed me to be a hostage to the golden cage until the coming of age without my consent. Do you like gold? Do you think I have the right to ask my parents to make repairs and remove at least part of the gold? Share this podcast to all social media, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook and so on and you'll be given a shout out. Also drop your social media username so that we can find you. Thanks for your support. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel by clicking the link in this episode description. You should also please follow or subscribe to our other podcast My Animated Story by clicking on this episode description. And also, kindly please rate and review this podcast by... Hi, my name is North, and I am always telling the truth.
It may seem to some people that such honesty is a perfect quality, but it is very difficult for a person who tells only the truth to find their place in society, and now I will explain why. A few years ago, I was not as honest as I am now, and like all teenagers, I loved lying for my own benefit. My little lies didn't harm anyone, but one day, fate played a very bad joke on me and my deception resulted in a disaster. Once in winter, my parents asked me to light a fireplace in the living room and watch it until they returned home from work. That day, I was at home with my friend, and after we lit the fireplace, we got bored just sitting and waiting for my parents. My friend persuaded me to go for a walk for some time, and I agreed. When my parents called and asked me where I was, I lied with confidence that I was at home. I was sure that nothing could happen with the fireplace because there was that protection against sparks, but my overconfidence brought dire consequences. Coming back from our walk, I noticed fire trucks rushing towards my house. Everything inside me turned upside down when a black column of smoke rose above the crowns of maple trees right where my house was located. When I ran up to it, I saw just the burning walls and the protruding chimney of the ill-fated fireplace. Neighbors, firefighters, police, and my parents were crowding nearby. When they saw me, they started crying with happiness and rushed to hug me because they thought that I had not been able to get out. As for me, I was totally shocked and could not even say a word. Realizing that it was my fault, I was so dumbstruck that my whole body was covered with unpleasant goosebumps. Later, I told my parents everything, and then for the first time, I saw terrible disappointment in their eyes, which I will remember for my whole life. It's easy to guess that I was severely punished for negligence, but I gave myself the most severe verdict on my own. Because of the shock and the argument with my parents, something changed inside of me and lying has become forbidden for me. I swore to myself and my parents that I would never lie again, and I kept my word. Even when I want to lie for a good reason, I could no longer do it on a subconscious level. You can't even imagine how much my life has changed after the promise I made to myself. I became a different person, and absolutely everyone around me noticed it. My parents were happy with this change and even became a bit softer with me, but my friends did not appreciate my absolute honesty. Telling only the truth, I hurt almost all my friends and classmates by revealing their secrets, so only my best friend Ashley was speaking to me. At first, my strange behavior didn't bother her, but soon everything changed. At the end of the last academic year, as always, the final and most important test in different subjects awaited us. The most difficult one of these subjects was algebra, and no one from our class had ever managed to pass it with a high score. But once, someone was able to find the answers to the test questions in advance, and all the classmates were extremely happy about it. My new principles did not allow me to cheat and copy the answers as this amounted to deception. When the tests were checked, I was the only person in the class who had an average mark, and this raised suspicions among the teachers. On the same day, the headmaster began to demand an explanation from us, and I could not lie to him. As a result, all the tests except mine were zeroed out, and my classmates were rewriting them under the headmaster's supervision. My classmates didn't prepare for the test, and as you've already guessed, all of them, including my friend Ashley, failed it. Her reputation as a good student was ruined, and this was partly my fault. 
After that, my classmates declared war on me, and Ashley was on their side. I was afraid to go to school as they were trying to ruin my life in every possible way. I could not even have a normal lunch in the cafeteria because no one left me alone. I had to go outside to dine and to spend some time in peace and safety. My parents noticed that my mood changed and began to ask me what happened. I told the whole truth and they were really outraged by the horrible behavior of my classmates. They thought that I was right and went to school to sort out the matter, which led to a huge scandal. My classmates were punished, which ruined their reputations even more, and then the atmosphere in the class became simply unbearable, and during all the school days remaining before the holidays, my classmates were humiliating me and bullying me. In autumn, I was transferred to another school as I wanted to start my life over. In the new school, no one knew about my absolute honesty, and I tried not to get involved in any class affairs at all. By the way, my class was really big, and everyone in it was divided into two warring camps, which was obvious at first glance. Despite my fears, I quickly found classmates who were willing to talk to me. But anyway, my honesty was still felt, and soon they guessed my peculiarity. My new friend Amy said that I was a godsend for their class. Amy was the monitor, and she kindly told me about a conflict in their class that had flared up a few years ago because of some trivial thing. She saw a hope for reconciliation in me because I was a new student, which meant that I had nothing to do with their conflicts. My task was to communicate with the opposing parties and then report to Amy on everything I could get to know to prevent new fights. Many people began to trust me because I was honest with everyone, but no one except Amy knew that I could not keep secrets for a long time and was aware that if I was asked about something, I would immediately tell the whole truth. So I got to know many secrets and told them to Amy despite the fact that I was asked to keep them. But at that moment, I was sure that all my efforts would finally help to achieve peace in the class. However, I was mistaken as I became not a companion for Amy, but a weapon in the war against everyone else. Once, I found out for her one thing that finally got the conflict out of control. I learned that the parents of one of my classmates gave bribes to a physics teacher in exchange for good grades. Amy was happy to hear this because that classmate had been driving her crazy for a long time. She immediately rushed to the headmaster to tell him about it. Due to this piece of news, there arose a huge scandal which had dire consequences. The girl had to go to another school, and the teacher was immediately fired with bad recommendations. I could not believe that Amy took advantage of me in such a manner, but that still was not the worst part. After this incident, she no longer needed me, so she quickly turned everyone in the class against me. Due to this, my school life became a real hell because they began mocking me all the time. My parents, being busy with work, did not notice my bad mood and for that reason did not ask what had happened, otherwise they would have gone to the headmaster again to sort out the matter. However, even without this, life at school was practically unbearable. The rumor about my trick quickly spread, and even people from parallel classes stopped communicating with me. I had to have dinner outside again, and this did not really make me happy because it was terribly cold outside. In the end, I realized that I was tired of this and decided to express everything to my classmates. Before the beginning of the lesson, I approached Amy with confidence, yelled at her, and pushed her so hard that she fell and hit her head. But I didn't stop there and hurt literally everyone. 
I was gripped by such intense anger that I could no longer control my emotions. Unfortunately, this had negative consequences for me. I thought that my deed showed my strength, but in response, my classmates took up arms against me. Amy, along with everyone else, went to the headmaster and reported everything to him. He was not happy with my behavior and said that fights at his school were unacceptable and that I would have to leave it immediately. I was both upset and happy with the fact that I left that school. My parents realized how difficult it was for me to adapt in the class and offered me to study remotely. I liked this idea, so I agreed. Do you think it is useful to lie sometimes, or is it better to always tell the truth? Give your answers in the comments. Do not forget to click on the thumbs up button below the video if you liked it and share it with your friends. I was prepared to not leave my room. I thought I'd have to hide from the boys forever, who were circling around me like wasps around jam. Do you think it's great to be the center of guys' attention? Unfortunately, everything comes with a price. Hi, my name's Elizabeth, and I'll tell you how all the boys at our school suddenly fell in love with me. I live in a small town in New England with my parents and my little sister, Carmen. Out of the two of us, I've always been the ugly duckling, and Carmen, the princess. I had to wear glasses because of my bad eyesight and braces to fix my bite. That's why I was always laughed at. Carmen, on the other hand, was a real beauty. Everyone adored her. It so happened that I was always in my younger sister's shadow. Maybe it annoyed me at first, especially when no one came to my birthday party. But then I accepted it and thought that popularity is a fickle thing. By ninth grade, I got used to my outcast image and always dressed in black. Elizabeth, why didn't you want to dress like the other girls? My mother wondered, because life is meaningless and cruel, and black reflects that best. My mom would usually stop talking after that and prefer to switch the discussion to a more cheerful topic. Shopping, for example. As for my sister, most of the time, she didn't notice me. And at school, she preferred to say that I was her cousin from Europe. Guys kept ignoring me, as if I were invisible. I didn't get too upset, and generally, considered them to be a burden. But, my friend Patricia didn't agree with me. She could talk about guys for hours, knew everything about them. Gossip, rumors, their secrets. It was often difficult to stop her. Bob Richardson seems to have been injured, and will probably be off the team. I think his ratings would plummet immediately. Patricia was obsessed with ratings. Both of us were far from the top of her charts. But Patricia kept her head up. I can assure you that this year, our rankings will go up. After all, Susan gained a lot of weight, and Veronica's transferred to another school. Although, we got a new upstart, Jenny. But either way, this year won't be like last year. I didn't care about the ratings. I was just going with the flow. What difference does it make, Pat? I used to say, everything will change when we get to college. Here, we're the nerds, and there, we'll be the real queens. I know, but I'd like to be a queen now. She sighed dreamily. I wasn't into flashy clothes or jewelry or makeup, but Patricia convinced me to stop by a store and pick out a perfume. A little bit of jasmine, and everyone would be crazy about us. The story was small and barely noticeable from the street. No one was inside, except a strange man in a cab near the cash register. He looked more like a magician than a perfume salesman. While Patricia was choosing a perfume, he came up to me and said, I know exactly what you need. You do? Absolutely. I can pick out a client's perfume just by looking at them. And what do I need? 
a little love, said the salesman and handed me a bottle. I shook my head, wanting to see that I did not need the perfume. It's on the house. The man in the cab dismissed my objection. If you don't like it, you can return it. I was about to say no again, but Patricia grabbed my arm and hissed. What are you doing? Take it. It'll definitely improve your rating. Your friend knows what she's talking about. The salesman smiled at me. I reluctantly took the perfume and put it in my purse. It was weekend the next day. I was spending it alone, as usual, lying in bed, scrolling through my Instagram feed, sharing memes with Pat. Then I painted my nails black. And then I noticed my new perfume. I only wanted to smell it. Maybe love was hidden inside the bottle. I sprayed it on my wrist and sniffed it. The smell was strange, unlike anything I'd ever smelled before. No, I'm still the same old Elizabeth. I said out loud in frustration, no love here. The next morning, when the alarm clock went off and it was time to get up, I didn't immediately notice the change. I went downstairs to eat breakfast. Mom and dad were in the kitchen and my sister was still in bed. Mom made me pancakes and then she asked me in surprise, Elizabeth, where are your glasses? I touched the bridge of my nose. They were gone, but... I could see so clearly, as if I had perfect vision. I guess I don't need them anymore. I said in shock. I got dressed, put some perfume on my neck, and ran to school. Dale and Morin, the hottie from my class, was standing on the school steps. When he saw me, he smiled and said, Hey, you look great. Hi, I said, embarrassed. You too. I didn't know what was going on. Maybe he was just messing with me, and I actually had toothpaste smeared on my cheek. It's just that Dylan never talked to me. When I sat down at my desk, I was surrounded by a bunch of guys, and everyone was saying something to me. Hey, what's up? Betty, you look amazing today. Black suits you. The bell rang, and they finally left me alone. Whew. I breathed a sigh of relief. Maybe it was just a prank. Someone probably decided to play a joke on me and convinced the boys to be a part of it. During class, a note landed on my desk. Betty, I like you. Would you like to go to the movies? Darren, that was too much. At recess, I found Patricia and told her everything. It's weird, but your ratings have skyrocketed today. I don't care about ratings. I snapped. I'm being chased by boys. As I said that, I looked around and saw all these guys staring at me in a weird way. I think it's cool. Pat shrugged. By the way, are you wearing your contacts? No, I can see fine now without my glasses or contacts. At home, Carmen came up to me. Hey, weirdo, what did you do? I hear the guys are all over you. I didn't do anything. Sure thing, you must be up to something. Stay away from Nigel. Carmen gave me a stare and walked out of the room. A couple of days later, I had a dentist appointment. After looking at the state of my teeth, he said in astonishment, Hmm, you have a perfectly healthy bite now. So I don't have to wear braces? Yes, we'll take them off now. But it's really strange. I've never seen any teeth fall back into place so quickly. I was so relieved. Although I got used to wearing braces, I couldn't say I liked them. The food always got stuck in them, and I looked like Frankenstein's monster. But... There was something else mixed in with the joy. Fear. I didn't know what was going on. I had a normal bite, good eyesight, and now guys were all over me. 
That seemed like a lot of coincidences for a few days. The girls at school had all sorts of theories about the boys' interest towards me. Collective insanity, a love potion, magnetic storm. But no matter how they described it, the fact remained the same. Boys were literally stalking me. Nigel, my sister's boyfriend, was no exception. He was waiting for me by the entrance. Betty, you look so beautiful today. How could I not see it before? I don't know. You're dating my sister, and you're always at our house. Exactly. I was blind. Oh my god. Not that, please. Betty, would you like to go out sometime? Sorry, I'm in a hurry. This is the last thing I need. If Carmen finds out about this, I'm dead. I ran home and locked myself in my room, as if my house was a fortress that was about to be stormed by hordes of guys who were in love with me. But is it all real? There must be some kind of magic involved. Nigel's pursuit didn't stop the next day. He followed me around and tried to get me to go out with him. What about Carmen? I turned around and said, You don't like her anymore? I do. He mumbled uncertainly and then added, It's just that you're different. So what did you decide? Will you go out with me? No. I answered firmly and pushed him aside. Remember that and stay away from me. But Nigel didn't want to listen. When Carmen and Nigel were at our house together, he sneaked out and came into my room. Hello, Betty. I've been thinking about you. I sighed heavily. Nigel, why can't you leave me alone? Because I love you. He came closer and took my hand. I was about to yank it out when my sister showed up in the doorway. What's going on here? She screamed angrily. It's not what you think. I tried to explain, but Nigel interrupted me. Please forgive me, Carmen, but I love your sister. What? That's ridiculous. Carmen was furious. How could you? She slammed the door and ran out of the room. I pushed Nigel out into the hallway and in despair just collapsed on my bed. Why is this happening to me? I should have been happy because the guys were crazy about me. But it only gave me a headache, just like I thought it would. It became impossible to be at school. All the girls whose boyfriends were circling around me joined forces against me while the guys were giving me gifts, asking me out on dates. The girls declared a war on me and wanted to get me kicked out from school. And the leader of this hostile squad was, of course, my sister. During the confrontation, I lost a couple of locks of hair, and some of my shirts were now covered in pain. Patricia was the only one who wasn't discouraged. Your rating is somewhere around here now. She pointed to the chart. This is what I call the death zone. It means that your enemies outnumber those who like you. Cool. So I'm in the death zone. Yeah, but you got a lot of guys now. I didn't have enough space in my room for all the presents. At school, all the girls looked at me with anger and jealousy in their eyes. And my sister was the main enemy. I know why he took Nigel away from me. She told me as I stood by my locker. You were always jealous of me. I wasn't jealous. And I didn't steal Nigel away from you. I don't like him at all. He's always following me around like a stalker. Telling me how pretty I am. Shut up! Shouted my sister. I won't leave it like this. I was getting awfully sick of it all. I was not used to being the center of everyone's attention. 
I was flattered by the attention, but there was something off about it. I tried to figure out what was wrong. It was just that one day, the guy started going crazy about me. Everything was normal the day before. I went for a walk with Patricia. We stopped at a perfume store. <gasps> perfume! I exclaimed. What was that strange man in the hat saying? Something about love and what I was missing. I decided to go to that store right away. It wasn't that easy to find. I circled that block for two hours. I walked up and down, counted all the signs, and when I got desperate, I spotted a very strange sign. There was no business name, just the slogan, We'll grant your every wish. I went inside. Behind the counter was the man in the hat. Ah, the girl who lacked love. He greeted me. How are you doing? Is this your doing? All the boys are following me. They're literally obsessed with me. Maybe the concentration is too high. He scratched the back of his head. Can you fix it? It's very easy. Just stop using perfume and gradually everything will go back to the way it started. But are you sure that's what you want? Oh yes, I can't take it anymore. I handed him the perfume. It's your decision. He smiled, taking the bottle from my hands. But if anything, you know where to find my store. I walked out of the store and sighed with relief. In a few days, the number of my admirers dropped by half. A week later, no one noticed me. Not even Nigel. It's a shame that your rating is back to the same level. Patricia pointed at the chart. At least I'm not in the death zone. My sister stopped being mad at me. After Nigel came crying to Carmen, and she forgave him. The other girls have also cooled down, and were no longer willing to kick me out of school. I was back to my old self. Even my glasses were back where they used to be. At least now, I know what it's like to be adored by everyone. I can deny that at times, it was enjoyable, but definitely overwhelming. I'd rather be myself. Would you be able to enjoy life with so many enemies and admirers? How would you use the perfume? Post your comments. I'm very curious to know. No, I'm not going to give up that easily. I thought, as I sat in the cave, no one would find me here for sure, except for the group of tourists who'd come here on a field trip. Not only that, I found myself in a terribly uncomfortable situation because I was in a filthy cave in my wedding dress. I got kicked out of there in disgrace. It turned out that I was hiding in the tourist zone. Whoever thought of doing tours in caves? It stinks and is boring as hell. But as soon as I got outside, I was immediately picked up by my fiancé Jacob's men. Oh man, now I really have to get married. Hi. My name's Lily, and my mom's making me get married, so I don't have to be dependent on her anymore. My mother should get the Mother of the Year award, because she's done enough to annoy me over the past year, and also caused me serious injury. It's her fault I broke my arm, because she made me work as a janitor in the winter, and then one morning, when the power went out all over town, I slipped in the dark, fell down, and blacked out, and when I woke up, I had a cast on my arm. I was in terrible pain, but instead of words of encouragement, my mother said, You did it on purpose so you wouldn't have to work. Do I look crazy? No, you're just lazy. You're useless. You can feel sorry for my mother. She's got such a grown-up daughter who's still not working. But the thing is, we're pretty well off, and we don't need anything. But my mother got it into her head 
but I have to work because I'm 18 years old now. The thing is, her friend's daughter has been working since she was 16 and helping the family. And my mom hears from her friend all the time about how great her daughter is. And then she blows her brains out that I should set an example. So adopt her. I once got angry. I'm not going to sacrifice my time for your whims. I'm actually at university, and if I work, I wouldn't have time to study. That's just an excuse, Lily. If you wanted to, you could find a way. I don't want to, so leave me alone. But Mom was determined not to give up, and I found out the next morning when I got into the shower and cold water was pouring down on me. I screamed so loud, the whole neighborhood must have heard me. I ran out of the shower right away, and I yelled at my mom, and she just shrugged her shoulders and said that the water had been cut off for non-payment because I don't work, so there's no hot water for me. Of course, I knew my mother turned off the heater herself by turning the valve. What are you talking about, daughter? I just didn't have the money to pay the water bill, and no one helps me financially. Soon, we probably won't even have electricity. I got really pissed off, and I had to go to my friend Melissa's house to take a shower. I felt really uncomfortable, but luckily, she understood. Melissa thought my mom was wrong, but I wasn't just lying on the couch all day with my phone on all day. I'm in school, and I'm an A student. Then my mom started selling stuff that I wasn't buying with my allowance. It was my money, so I'm entitled. Mom, you're crazy. We're doing fine. Why are you ruining it? You don't want to hear me. You don't want to understand me. I was able to get my laptop back, but I had to say goodbye to my old console, a fitness watch, and a new leather jacket. But even that didn't break me, because I kept standing on my ground. My studies would come first, even if I had no fight with my mom about it. And then I had an unexpected surprise. I came home from the university, and I saw a beautifully set table. Mom even bought me a new dress. What's the catch? Are you going to take it away tomorrow? Of course not, honey. Get dressed. We have guests coming over. A family visited us. I immediately noticed a very handsome boy. It turned out to be my mother's colleagues and their son. The guy was shy, but that only added to his charm. He and I had a nice chat about games, movies, and studying. I really liked the guy, but only until I found out something. My mom has a thing for talking loudly on the phone. She thought I'd gone to bed, but in fact, I was finishing my literature essay. And that's when I heard that it wasn't just guests. Turns out, our parents want to marry us. What? But why would mom do that? What's she up to? I ran out of the room right away. I reached the phone out of her hands, and I threw it at the wall, feeling like I was the coolest agent 007 ever. I heard that. What are you up to? If you don't want to work and help me, then you're going to get married. So you don't have to sit on my neck anymore, Lily. I was so shocked. I stood there like an ice-cold statue for a minute. When I came to myself, my mother had already locked herself in the bedroom. No, this is too much. I'm not marrying anyone. Never. Meanwhile, my mother called the family back in for dinner. I dressed up like a real goth. I climbed up on the table. I threw away all the food, and then I started singing Rumstein songs. Well, that's just to scare the guests. You guys are crazy, like the Adams family, the man exclaimed. And we have a coffin in the closet, I said, 
and I laughed wickedly. The guests immediately ran away in terror, and then I ran out of the house to avoid the hot hand of my wicked mother. I hid at Melissa's and told her everything. My friend suggested an interesting theory. Your mother probably wants you to work for a reason. Maybe she really does have some problems that you don't know about. That seemed like a sensible idea to me. The next day, I went through my mother's things. And I found something interesting. Turns out, about six months ago, she got mixed up with scammers, who scammed her out of a lot of money. So that's why she wants me to go to work so bad. Mom has debts that for some reason I have to pay off. When I told Mom that I knew her secret, she was able to get away with it. I needed money for a gift. You act so hard for an electric scooter. But I didn't ask to go into debt. That's your problem. We argued for a long time. And the very next day, another fiancé came to visit us. Very wealthy, handsome, but terribly spoiled. I didn't like him at first sight, but my mother begged me to marry him. We'll settle our debts, and then you'll get a divorce. You might even get something in the divorce. Do it for me. No way. However, that guy didn't know how to take no for an answer, and he got us married. But I wasn't going to give up either. So I ran away from my own wedding and hid in a cave. And then you know the rest. And when we danced the first dance, he purposely stepped on my feet. And I responded by throwing a piece of cake at him as a joke. The guests laughed. I laughed too. But Jacob, on the other hand, he was furious. Believe me, I did everything to get him to divorce me. I ruined his food. I burned his clothes with an iron. And once, I sold cheaply through an online store for the goods he was supposed to ship to his business associates in another country. But Jacob remained undeterred. At least, that's what I thought, until we had a social evening. Jacob came on stage, told me how much he loved me and cherished me, and then he showed people a slideshow of wedding photos. Except it wasn't wedding photos. They were mine, shameful ones, which the whole society saw. Now you've lost, Jacob said angrily. Then he came up to me. Let's just get a divorce. I'd love to, except our parents signed a contract, and I have to put up with you for a year. A year? I couldn't believe my ears. I couldn't hold back the tears of despair. Jacob didn't even feel sorry for me. Just like that, I was all alone. It was good that I could go to the university and get support from Melissa. But my mom didn't see how miserable I was. She talked me into staying with Jacob forever because he's insanely rich. And he certainly wouldn't skimp on gifts and expensive things. There's no way in hell I'm staying with that jerk, I screamed. The year went by unbearably slowly, and I finally got my divorce. In the divorce, I had no claim on Jacob's family money, but he gave me $200,000 himself. Buy yourself a house and move away from your crazy mother. My ex-husband said, and then he added, I'm sorry about what happened. It's been a sucky year for both of us. That's for sure, but thanks for the money. I could use it. After the divorce, I immediately bought a house on the coast. It wasn't a new one, but I didn't care. My mother wanted to move in with me. She'd always wanted to move out of that cramped apartment and into a house of her own. Oh no, I'm going to live here alone, I said. Lily, how could you do this to your own mother? How could you do this to your own daughter? You got yourself into debt and you made me pay it off without thinking about my schooling or what I wanted. 
If it weren't for me, you wouldn't have this house. I'm the one who made you marry Jacob. Yes, and that was a terrible year, too. Even that 200,000 wouldn't make up for it. I don't want to see you. I closed the door in front of my mother, and I cried. I was very hurt that she couldn't understand me, and it hurt even more that I would no longer be able to communicate with her. My mother had betrayed me. Melissa and I renovated my new house together, and then one night, Jacob showed up at my door. Did something happen? Yeah, I don't have anybody to talk to, and I have a problem. Jacob told me his business is failing, and he has nowhere else to go because all his friends and majors had turned their backs on him. My friend wanted him out, because she knew how he humiliated me at that social gathering. No, he's staying. And even though my ex-husband and I weren't friends, he gave me money after the divorce, and helped me move out of my mother's house. I helped Jacob come to his senses after he lost his business. I also suggested a good idea for a startup. He loved the idea, but I had to sell the house to make it happen. Melissa thought the guy was going to screw me, but Jacob didn't. Instead, he took a cut, and now we're making money together from the business. The business helped us get closer and become friends. However, no amount of money helped me to reconcile with my mother. She was now resentful of me, but I didn't want to crawl on my knees in front of her either. But I hope that in future, we can forgive each other. Do you think my mom deserved forgiveness? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and subscribe to the channel. Hi, my name is Kira, and recently, memory lapses almost ruined my life. Now I'm back to normal and remember almost everything with ease. Well, my memory problems didn't start at birth. All junior high and first years of high school, I remembered absolutely everything. I was a great student, memorized stuff easily, and even helped my friends with their lessons. Kira has a phenomenal memory, the teacher said. She can memorize long poems, formulas, and dates very quickly. You have to use that ability. My parents were thrilled. They complimented me all the time and said that they had high hopes for my amazing memory. I won school competitions. I was the best in my class and even in the whole school. However, my triumph didn't last long. If in junior high school, they still wanted to be friends with me because I was the smartest, then in high school, of course, I had my detractors. Those of you who are at least once the best at something know how it is. One day you get a round of applause, and the next day they're calling you names behind your back. That's exactly what happened to me. My first enemy was Olivia. We went to different schools in junior high, and she was the best at hers. Now she had a rival in my person. At first, Olivia took my progress as a challenge. Kira, congratulations, you did the best on the test. My teacher complimented me one day. Olivia snorted loudly and hissed, leaning toward her friend. Big deal, one time. Let's see who's the best next week. But next week too, my test was judged the best. And next week, and the next week. That's how Olivia knew I wasn't just a misunderstanding, but a real competitor and an enemy. One day, a classmate caught me in the school hallway, pinned me against the wall and blurted it out. Listen, you, if you think you're the smartest, I hasten to disappoint you. I've collected every award in my school and I'm going to do it again. But what can I do if I have a perfect memory? I shrugged my shoulders. Just admit it that you're number two now, that's all. Olivia recoiled from me and stared wide-eyed. She looked like I'd punched her in the face. 
Number two? We'll see about that. I would do anything to make my parents proud. And the classmate wasn't lying. I wasn't too worried at the time. What's she gonna do? Kill me? That's ridiculous. I didn't even tell my parents about the story. But Olivia was determined. She and her friends were going to teach me a lesson. The girls broke into my locker, stuffed it full of books, and broke the lock. When I tried to open the locker door to put my things, it didn't open right away. I pulled the door as hard as I could. It flew open, and a ton of heavy books and textbooks fell on my head. In fact, that was the beginning of the worst chapter of my life. After the blows on my head, I lost consciousness. I didn't know what kind of books those bitches had put in there. Probably all the volumes of a medical encyclopedia. I woke up already in the hospital. The first thing I saw were my parents' upset faces. Kira, my mother exclaimed. How are you feeling, honey? What happened? I couldn't remember anything at all. My parents told me about the locker in the books. The doctors reassured my parents. They said it was just a minor bruise and that it wouldn't affect my life in any way. For about an hour, my mom and dad calmed me down and promised me I'd be home in a couple of days. You need more sleep now, he said. Dad stroked my head. We'll definitely visit you tomorrow. But at that moment, I suddenly looked at my parents fearfully and asked, Where am I? What happened? And that's when mom and dad realized that the bruise wasn't so minor. Yes, I had blackouts. And they reoccurred so often that every hour, my parents had to from the beginning to tell me where I was and what had happened. The doctors were just throwing up their hands. They took all the necessary x-rays and found nothing wrong. From that moment on, however, my life changed completely. At first, my parents still hoped that returning to my familiar surroundings would help me with my memory lapses. However, on the first day I had a real tantrum, when I suddenly found myself in the middle of the school hallway. I had completely forgotten how I woke up this morning, how I was going to school, and I didn't remember the way to school either. No, schooling is out of the question, said a worried dad. Only distance learning. But distance learning wasn't going to do any good either. Once I had learned something, within an hour, I couldn't remember anything I'd learned. That's how my successes ended. And most importantly, I didn't know who had set up the textbook incident. I vaguely remember disturbing Olivia's life, but I couldn't remember our last conversation or anything that might have pointed to a classmate. But I was sure that one day I would remember everything and find the culprit that was phenomenal. My memory would now be considered by the Dory Fish. About a week after, I switched. After I switched to homeschooling, someone rang our doorbell. I went downstairs and froze. Standing on the doorstep was Olivia and her friends. My mom, who had opened the door for guests, I think she was confused too. I'd been sick the whole time. None of my classmates or school friends had ever come to see me. Oh, that's right. I don't have any friends. Kira, how are you feeling? We came to check on you. Olivia seemed very sincere, and so did the girls who decided to keep her company. Seemed pretty friendly. I sensed some kind of unease but I couldn't figure out what I didn't like. My mother invited my classmates into the house. She set the table and we all sat down for tea. You really don't remember anything at all? Olivia asked me thoughtfully. I remember things until I black out. I don't remember much since then, since I came to my senses. I explained. What do the doctors say? Will your memory come back? My mom explained to the girls that the doctors are trying to help me. 
But so far, the therapy is having very little effect. The girls were relieved and looked at each other. I was very pleased that they cared about me. However, by the end of the tea party, I had lost some of my memory again. Olivia? Girls? What are you doing here? I stared at the guests in surprise, and they stared at me. Your friends are here to see you, said my mother patiently. Friends? I don't remember having any friends at all. Olivia suddenly jumped to me and took my hand. Of course we're friends, Kira. You're so good, and you're about to be the best in school again. The girl almost cried, and I smiled back at her. Weird. My scrappy memories were telling me that she and I were major enemies. But how could an enemy care so much? I must have got it all wrong. One morning, my mother left me home alone. She needed to get to the office right away. I'll sign the papers and be right back, honey. Don't worry, I smiled. I'll just lie down and watch the show. Nothing will happen. But about 15 minutes after mom left, the doorbell rang. I had to go downstairs and open it. There was Olivia on the doorstep. Hi, Kira. I took the afternoon off from class and I thought, why don't we go for a walk together? You probably don't get out of the house at all. Yeah, I rarely went out and I only went out with my parents. We were always in a hurry to get back before I'd forgotten everything again. I don't even know. It was scary to leave home without my mom and dad, but Olivia was my friend. We'll just go for a ride in the park and come back. I got changed, got on my friend's bike, and we rode. We rode quite a long time. I was beginning to get worried. In general, I remembered my neighborhood, but at some point I realized I didn't recognize the houses and cafes we were passing. Aren't we far away? I got worried. No, we're right down the street. Olivia smiled. You poor thing, your memory lapses. I calmed down. Yes, it was probably my memory that was playing tricks on me again. Finally, we stopped. I got off the bike and looked around. There were only abandoned houses and deserted streets around. This isn't a park. I think I took a wrong turn. Olivia was puzzled. Let me ask someone for directions, because my phone is dead. The phone! I forgot all about it! My cell phone is on the bed in my room. I must hurry back in case my mother comes looking for me. Stay here and don't go anywhere, my friend told me and drove around the corner. And then I lost my memory again. I found myself in the middle of an unfamiliar street with no memory of how I got here. I was in such a panic. What am I going to do now? Where are my parents and where is my home? Why didn't I have my phone with me and where had all the people gone? Crying, I sat down on the sidewalk. Hey, miss. I looked up and saw a man. He was looking out the window of his car, coming out of nowhere. Is something wrong? I'm lost. I don't know where I am or how to get home. Wow. Do you remember your address? I'll give you a lift. The man seemed friendly enough. He got out of the car and headed towards me. But then my memory, which had failed me time and again, reminded me of maniacs and murderers who also looked nice and then lure their victims into a trap. Stay away from me! I screamed at the top of my lungs. Miss, I'm a policeman. The man went to his pocket for some reason. I thought for sure he was going to kill me. So I jumped up and ran down the street as far as I could see. But I didn't run for long. I tripped on the uneven pavement and fell down, hitting my head as hard as I could. I woke up again in the hospital. And again, my parents were leaning over me. Kira! My mother was crying now. Did you find me? That's good. I went with Olivia and I got lost and that man. You remember everything? 
Yes, after another stroke, my memory magically came back to me. And now I remember everything. The feud with Olivia and her threats, and how she showed up at my house pretending to be my friend. Sometimes people cross the line to be the best they can be. Like Olivia, trying to get her parents' approval, she went completely off the rails. My classmate was just trying to teach me a lesson by doing that prank with the textbooks. But when I lost my memory, I realized I overreacted. It's one thing to have a bump, but it's another to lose consciousness and amnesia. Olivia was afraid of getting kicked out of school for that prank, or even go to jail. So she first made sure I remembered very little, and then decided to play it safe and take me away to another neighborhood, leaving me alone. Sounds crazy, doesn't it? I don't know what would have happened to me if it hadn't been for that policeman. Even on his day off, he couldn't get past a damsel in distress. Olivia didn't go to jail, but now she has to work with a psychologist all the time. And I'm back to being the best student ever. If you were me, would you forgive Olivia? Be sure to share your thoughts in the comments below this clip. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.